0: You are listening to The Bridge Metro West, located at 7 Strathmore Road in Natick, Massachusetts. For more information about The Bridge Metro West, our weekly Sunday gatherings, and other events, go to www.bridgemetrowest.com.
1: Good morning. Welcome to The Bridge Metro West, where everything goes according to plan. Welcome to 2022. One, two, 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 two. It's a lot of a lot of twos. My wife's been seeing twos and ones and 11, 11s and all kinds of stuff. 111s. But very quickly, I did a couple quick things before we release the kids. Kids are here. One kid. It's all right. Two kids. I don't know. I'm not going to count. It's not romper room. If you don't know what romper room is, you're young. <laughs> I it doesn't matter. I'm not going to try to explain. I tried to get people to share the the live stream to Facebook last week, and that was a or the whatever the last service was. <laughs> that we need tech support in here for all you, you know, millennials. Not not millennials, but what are we? Generation X and boomers above. And so anyway, but um. Uh, we want to receive your tithes and offerings. For those of you who are in-house, or those of you online, we welcome our online audience as well. You guys are amazing. Thank you from wherever you are in-house people. Give our online people a hand. That was, that was okay. Like the left side of the room, my left, and you, you guys were okay. That's okay. I'll let it slide this time because I don't have time to beat up on you. Um, But if you're making checks out, you just write them to the bridge in-house, there's a basket in the back online, you can mail that in, or you can text one word to the Bridge Metro West. Now, yes, one word, Bridge Metro West, to the number 77977. We will send you a secure link by which you can give responsibly by credit card or debit card, or you can scan the QR code on the back of your seat, or the back of the seat in front of you. Unless you wanna turn around and do the back of your seat, that's fine too, there's QR codes for that. Um, I want to uh, share late breaking announcements that uh, the verbiage I think I got yesterday, but um, Saturday, January 22nd. So one, two, 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 two. So realize one, two, was that on purpose? I don't know if it was or not, but Saturday, January 22nd, in, uh, integrated ministry teams, our ministry teams will be having a meeting. So for those of you who are on ministry teams currently, you will be there. I like how Natalie put it, she said, we invite you. I'm just rephrasing that. You will be there. Say, I will be there. Don't worry about the time yet. I'll tell you the time. Just say, I will be there. Oh my gosh, what is this? Like responsive reading in my Baptist church when I was like four years old. Okay, say like you mean it, I will be there. It's still kind of lame, but we'll let it go. Okay, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. If you're not on the ministry teams, we invite you. If you're here at the Bridge Metro West, you're new, you're, you've been around for a long time, we, what this is going to be, I'm going to tell you what it's going to be. We're going to talk about pre-service prayer, altar ministry, prophetic exhortation, dream interpretation, healing, deliverance, online ministry, in-house ministry, IT. That's, for those of you who don't know what IT is, which is evident by those of you who tried to share the live stream a couple of weeks ago, it's information technology, IT online support. Come on, come on, Teresa, you can help with IT. Administrative support. We need it all. And if you have any interest in serving at the bridge, we invite you to that meeting January 22nd, this year, like in three weeks, 10 to 12. 12. You got it? You got it? We're gonna email you, we're gonna text you, we're gonna add the link to the QR code, we're gonna hound you, we're gonna send Donna and Natalie to your house at two in the morning, no, 4 a.m. for the night watch. Yeah, we're here. We're we're not streaming this. It's here. It's in person. All right? So we want to give you an overview, and we've been revamping uh, the way we're doing ministry, and so we want you to come. Kids, rock and roll. Let's go. You're going to learn the word. You're going to do stuff. Amen? And and for those of you who are like the adults, you should just take a screenshot of the whiteboard in the back so that uh, you can learn the word too. But we're going to learn the word in here. So, bless you guys, bless Lisa, Debbie's back there somewhere, doing Debbie things. So, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. We didn't even get through the... Worship set list this morning. I often don't look at it before Sunday. But I was reading the lyrics of the other songs and I mean right in line with what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. And this is the first Sunday of the year. And sometimes I think of things that way. I honestly didn't really think of it that way. I just kind of sit with the Lord and ask him what he's doing and what he wants to communicate. And I've been thinking a lot about history. And I talk a lot about history, especially when people say things like, you know, oh, you know, things are, you know, worse than they've ever been. I've heard that so many times over the last 49 years of my life. And every time something happens in the land, we think this is the worst thing that's ever happened and we're we've been in a difficult unprecedented season or storm within the season, I will call it in this generation. But you don't have to go too far back into history to understand that, man, things were pretty dark. I mean, we've gotta wear masks, but not too long ago, you know, kids were having to do, you know, uh, nuclear bomb drills and hide under their desks on a regular basis. We did fire drills when I was a kid, but you know, like I think even maybe my, my eldest brother was, was in school when they were doing these, nu- like as if a desk is gonna protect, protect you from nuclear fallout. I never quite understood that, but I'm sure it it made sense at the time as a uh, necessary precaution to someone in the government to protect us, but I'm glad we did that. But more than that, I think about revival history. One of my favorite revivals in history, aside from Acts chapter two, is the Welsh revival. And I, I still lament I did a ministry tour with John Thomas, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago. We went from the southern coast of England all the way to the, the northern coast of Scotland with multiple stops, and it was all ministry, very little sightseeing. And uh, I, I knew that we were kind of driving past Wales, and I just wished that maybe we could have taken a turn and gone into Wales, because uh, that it, this has been a revival and Evan Roberts as the, the instrument through which God released revival, although he would have said that not to be true, that is the reality. A young man, not an old one, who committed his life to prayer, even as he was working in coal mines, every, every chance that he got, he could be seen you know, sitting on a rock and absorbing himself in the word. He regularly was woken up at one in the morning and would pray for two, three hours. And I resonate with that because it's something that happens when you have an encounter with God. And there's the disciplines, there's disciplines in the spirit that we engage in. But the discipline without the revelation, the discipline without the encounter turns very quickly into dry, dead, cold religion. And we have to have an extension from the encounter that leads us into discipline. What does that look like? We look for breakthrough, but on the other side of breakthrough, there's perseverance or what I call follow through, patient endurance, the apostle Paul calls it. And so one one of the things that Evan Roberts said was this, what we need is a fresh vision Of the cross. And may that mighty, all embracing love of His be no longer a fitful, wavering influence in our lives, but the ruling passion of our souls. There's a great book called Reese Reese Howell's Intercessor. Reese Howell says this The enemy will bring all his forces against the work of God. We must steadily persevere until victory comes in each test. What was this thing that we did in the midst of worship? It was a very minute, momentary example of what it looks like to steadily persevere in a moment. And I don't mind awkwardness If you felt awkward this morning, I celebrate you. But we want to step out of the awkwardness into what normal Christianity looks like. Because the reality is when you step into him, there is a sound in you. And the culture of this land, even the religious culture of this land would say that, oh, you need to be Silent. You need to do things decently and in order, but decent and orderly is it's not relative to the culture of this land. It's relative to the culture of heaven. The book of Revelation talks about the roar of heaven. We we sang about that, this lift up, I don't know, it's something about the roar. But Revelation talks about the roar of heaven coming from like even many harps. Like we have a harp in the house. I don't know how many harps it would take to sound like a roar. It's like one of the gentlest instruments that we have. Until Riley gets on and he starts playing some kind of classic rock riff on the harp. It's kind of funny. But how many harps is that? If we're not ready for the roar of heaven, then we're going to have a rude awakening when we get there. Hey, there's grace for, there's grace for you. Don't worry about that. I mean, there's, you know, we're all going to be up there. I know that certain people think that they're going to be the only ones there, but we're all going to be there, and we're all going to find out. Heaven is loud. And at times it's silent, but I, you know, I think for, for the most part there's a, a roar. Well, I mean, what, <sighs> there's a sound in you, and it comes from him. And when you've encountered him, he births a sound in you. And if you can't let it out here, you're not gonna let it out there. Revival brings that breakthrough. But we must follow through. I've been saying this a long time. I got this from Aaron Evans. I, you know, but I do the Aaron Evans rule. If you haven't heard Aaron Evans preach, I mean, he's got a rule. He'll attribute a quote to a person once and then he owns it after that. Aaron, it's been like, I don't know, 12 years since I heard you say that. And I, I'm attributing it to you again, just, just this one time. Now I own it. But here's the thing. We, I, you know, Breakthrough can be an, an addictive experience. But the reality is that breakthrough without perseverance is a momentary experience. The breakthrough brings potential wealth to the soul. I'm speaking specifically of the soul. I'm not talking about the material realm. Uh, I, and I don't have any problem with prosperity in the, in the material realm, but I'm saying that revival brings a wealth to the soul. But perseverance leaves an inheritance for the generations that follow. In the book of Proverbs 13, 22, it says, a good man leaves an inheritance to their children's children. It's not just talking about money. But I do like the back half of that. It says, and the wealth of the wicked will be laid up for the righteous. What we need is a fresh vision of the king of the cross. So Hebrews chapter one, go there with me. I'm reading out of the New American Standard today. It's Because long ago, I memorized the, the first chapter of Hebrews in the New American Standard. I can, it's, it's weird for me to read it in any other version. But it was one of my favorite passages of scripture. Hebrews 1 1 through 3. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Somebody say, all things through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's talk about the purification of sins because when we read that, we just roll over that. We don't think about what that actually means. Because he's referencing, the writer is referencing something just in a moment that took generations upon generations to lead up to. Even in the life of Christ, it was a 33-year process that led up to the purification of sins. This act of the purification of sins, it was an act of violence and an act of war. It was no small thing. And it was witnessed on earth and in heaven and in every realm in between. And in that moment that we just celebrated, in that moment that we just proclaimed the death of Jesus on the cross, in that moment, Jesus became the magnet, or sometimes I I call it the gravitational force for the sin of the world. I go into um, my imaginator when I think about when I read these things, I, I, I start to imagine what did that look like in the spirit realm? What was that like? Jesus on the cross. Like I know he's suffering in his humanity, but in that moment, what did it look like in the spirit realm to take on the sin of the world? And at what point did the enemy know that he had actually blown it? Makes me chuckle. I imagine, like, you know, the enemy sees, like, one sin from, like, 2,322 years prior. It flies out of the generations and sticks on Jesus. And the enemy's like, ah, oh, that's okay, it's just one. I still got the world. And then another one. And then a hundred. And then a thousand. And then hundreds of thousands of sins in uh, from the generations past, present, and future come flying out of this timeline and attaches themselves to the, the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the earth. And in that process, the skies grow dark and the earth begins to shake. At what point in time did the enemy realize Uh uh-oh. Maybe it was somewhere right about this moment in Matthew 27, verse 50 and on. And it says this, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split, the tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. And now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening became very frightened and said, truly, this was the son of God. In that moment, a Roman centurion unchurched, no biblical history, no sound doctrine to build upon No Hebraic history, he gains an instant revelation that even the disciples struggled to grasp over three years of walking with Jesus, day and night, night and day. Surely this Jesus, the one we mocked as the King of the Jews is actually the Son of God. Now, of course, says he was the son of God. We know that he never stopped being the son of God. And so there was a revelation yet to come. This is what Evan Roberts is referencing when he says what we need is a fresh vision of the cross. And may that mighty, all-embracing love of his be no longer a fitful, wavering influence in our lives, but the ruling passion of our souls. If we don't have a fresh revelation of the cross, if we don't receive a fresh revelation of the cross in this time, in this storm, within this season, that we have nothing to export of the kingdom to those out there who are frightened, who are hurting, who are sick, and who are hiding. The first commandment is thou shalt not have any other gods before me. What does that mean? Thou shalt not, I'm doing it in the King James because that's what I grew up with, but it just says don't hold anything between your face and God. John Paul Jackson said used to say what you focus on you make room for and what you fear you empower. I don't care what is in the atmosphere in the spirit or the natural. Another thing Evan Roberts said in the midst of the revival is said he said we must obey the spirit. perfect love has come and displaces fear. It doesn't mean that we got to be stupid. But we must obey the spirit. COVID is not my God. I don't serve COVID. I don't expect everyone to walk in the same level of faith that I do. I'm kind of weird. This is why I'm weird. I'll be completely honest with you. I, have, I just believe that COVID dies when it hits me. I have yet to test positive. I've had some colds. I've had some coughs. I get allergies. But for some reason, I have faith for COVID, but I'm, I don't know, maybe I don't have faith for allergies. I don't know why that is. It's kind of a weird thing. Some things we just learn to live with. I had a dirt bike accident when I was 26 years old. I destroyed my, uh, at least part of my cervical spine. Had a six hour surgery to dig out fragments of bone and disc out of my neck. and, And I've been in pain ever since. I have faith that COVID dies when it touches my body, but I don't think about praying for the pain that I've lived with since the 90s because sometimes you just get used to stuff. So I'm not saying that I'm some great, massive, like George, John G. Lake, not George Lake. I'm sure there's somebody named George Lake who's a fine man, John G. Lake. I, I'm not. I, you know, maybe I, I like to be like him. I have some theological issues, but the reality is that dude healed people. But I'm just saying I have faith for that. Because when I see an entity that enters the Church of Jesus Christ and tries to present itself between our face and his, that thing has to die. I've had conversations with pastors and leaders who are talking more about a disease than they are about Jesus. My tolerance has come to zero. It doesn't mean that we'd be stupid. Now, I have a global perspective. My family has a global perspective. We were talking about this a couple days ago. I was talking with my sister, and if you don't know, she spent seven years in the third poorest country in the world, in Africa, Burkina Faso. And many of the religions in Africa are fear-based, and because they're fear-based, they cause people to do things that will adversely affect them in adverse conditions. And so in Burkina Faso, they have a meningitis season, because what happens is one person gets meningitis, and they're religion tells them that they have to go to the family that has meningitis and they have to serve them and bring them food and they have to do certain things or the spirits will get mad at them and curse them and so when one person gets sick they all go and they hang out with the meningitis person not in the name of Jesus but out of fear they go and then it spreads like wildfire across the land and the government i mean there there are medications and there are vaccines that deal with meningitis which is why we don't see it here but the government won't do it they won't release it until you know october which is pretty much when meningitis season starts because it's a money thing so i'm not telling i'm not i'm not saying to be stupid i'm saying obey the spirit obey that we must obey the spirit and i ain't even talking about i'm not talking about i'm talking about we must obey the spirit we must be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that it's not for a party it's so that we have strategic perspective on what's going on in the land and it helps us endure momentary afflictions what we need is a fresh vision of the cross. And may that mighty, all-embracing love of his be no longer a fitful, wavering influence in our lives, but the ruling passion of our souls. God will appeal to you with his essence over intellect. I think for... Generations now that much of the Western church has appealed to the intellect over the essence. And I think it's incumbent upon us on the other side of our experience or our encounter with God to understand what we believe. I'm not anti-apologetics. I just don't lead with it. Because I'm not trying to rationalize someone into the the kingdom. I'm not trying to debate someone into the kingdom. I want to give them an encounter with the living God because when the power of god comes the the rugged individualism that is over this region and nation and this intellectual mindset this intellectual entity that reigns over this region will come crashing down when the power of god is released the influence is mitigated when the power of god is released when salvation healing and deliverance comes there is no intellect that can rationalize away someone who was sick and now someone who is well. There was no medicine, there was no uh, doctor, there was nothing but Jesus because we have a fresh revelation of the cross. That's what this land needs right now. So God will appeal to you. He didn't debate people into the kingdom. I mean, certain religious leaders came to him and they tried to have discussions and they tried to debate him and he would either just say something that was completely irrelevant, he would doodle in the sand or he would just say something weird to shake him. He was the word that became flesh and walked among us and he knew that that was enough. Enough. He knew that the signs and the wonders that he was releasing was enough. He knew the words that came out of his mouth were enough already. He didn't have to rationalize himself to the created, he was the creator. So sometimes Jesus leads with his heart, sometimes he leads with his presence. You know, some of us might think, well, that's the same thing well there's a his presence will lead us to the heart. His presence will lead us to the essence. There are many who have been in the presence, but they haven't known the name. they've been in the presence, but they haven't known the heart i i've I've talked to people even in my early twenties who were 40 years my senior who had been in church and I recognized that they had been in the presence but they didn't know the heart. They were teaching the academics of the Bible but they did not know the word that became flesh and walked among us. The fruit of salvation was not there. They were sowing confusion instead of walking in truth. Guillermo Maldonado is this Hispanic, I guess you would call him a megachurch pastor. It's, he's got a mega church. I don't know how he's a megachurch because like he, he's got zero tolerance for a lot of things. Sickness is one of them. But he says, he would say to you, and he would say to that man, if you do not have power, if you are not walking in power, then you're not walking with Jesus. Because the very word of God says that this kingdom is not mere talk, but it's power. There has to be a release. That's what I was talking about, this sound. The sound that is in you is formed in the womb of your soul. And it is infused with power. If you're in a dark place, try speaking in tongues. You don't have to shout it out, you have to you can whisper it, man, but let me tell you, both the angels and the demons hear the sound that comes out of your mouth. They're not reading minds. I mean, they can, they can tell your facial tells, but they're not crawling up into your mind. They might plant thoughts, but man, when you start to release a sound, heaven takes notice and so does darkness. Sometimes Jesus leads with his heart, and sometimes he leads with his presence. Both will lead you to the cross if you follow. And the cross will lead you to another place if you follow. In Luke chapter 24, 1 through 6, it says this But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. This is Jesus' tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. We can't find the living among the dead, and we can't expect the dead to act like they're living. Our job is to go into the world and find the dead and give them life. Primarily, I'm talking about a spiritual sense. Yes, we will see physical resurrections at times, but there is no greater gift, there is no greater way to expand the influence of the kingdom of God but through salvation, giving people the gift of the cross, it expands the dominion of his kingdom. He is not here, he is risen. Misty Edwards, I don't remember if it was a, a spontaneous song or an actual song, I can't remember, but she would sing. She was from IHOP KC. And she sang about Jesus and and she said, he's not a baby in a manger anymore. And you know what? He's not on the cross anymore. I don't have a problem if you wear a crucifix. I really don't. Wear what you want to wear, but he's not there anymore. It's good to remember where he was and it's good to remember where he went, but we need to have a revelation for where he is. Where will you find this risen king? It brings us back to Hebrews chapter 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And if you want to know what that looks like, read Revelation 4, read Revelation 5, read the whole book. It gives you a revelation of what decency and an order actually looks like. When you step into the throne, throne room of Jesus, if that thing were to manifest in the churches today across America, some churches would be trying to cast out demons when they saw the four living creatures. Some churches would just run out of the a building because they're like, oh, I didn't sign up for that one. I didn't sign up for this thing. That church is crazy. And we stop and we wait upon the Lord for 20 minutes and people feel awkward. <laughs> I'm not saying you, I'm just saying people out there. Of course, you don't feel awkward. When the king is in the room, we should never feel like a fish out of water. And the reality is if that Revelation four or five experience happened and manifested here in the room, yeah, we would all be diving under the seats. But you know what he would say? Rise. Do not fear. You are made for this. You are fashioned for this. My cross paid for this. Because sometimes he leads with his heart, sometimes he leads with his presence, but that always leads you to and through the cross. And let me tell you, when you get to the cross, you don't get to take your identity to the other side. There's all kinds of debates about identity right now. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you think that you are, what, what sickness you identify with, what addiction you identify with, whatever you identify with, when you get to the cross, you don't get to take it through. Because he says, behold, I make all things new. There is no word that we can put in front of Christian that holds weight in the kingdom. We identify with our theologies People will say, well, I'm a reformed Christian. I don't want to be a reformed Christian. I want to be like Christ. I don't want to identify with a theological bent. I want to identify with the Jesus that walked the earth and became the prototype of what is possible when we follow him. I'm sorry, but the power of God did not die with the passing of the last apostle. I'm actually not sorry about that. I'm really happy about that. And then we'll make caveats for this, and we'll say, well, it only happens, you know, where it really needs to happen, like in places like Africa and places like, you know why it happens there is because people already live in that realm. They already have faith for that realm. But the Western church is so wrapped up in our mind that we don't even know that we're tripart beings. We don't even know that we're body, or, or that we're, we're uh, uh, the physical body, soul, and spirit. And the soul is the mind, will, and the emotions. The body is the, the physiological responses that happen based on what's happening in the mind and the will and the emotions. But the spirit is wisdom, communion, and conscience. But the spirit is dead. Until you come to the cross. The psalm says, Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes we take on a spirit that does not belong to us, sometimes we wait until the heaviness lifts off of us before we will choose to praise. But that's not the syntax. That is not the order in which we are instructed to operate. The word says that when we feel heavy, put on a garment of praise. The spirit of heaviness literally meaning this colorlessness of our spirit, a lack of light, a lack of effulgence, you might say. It's my big word for the day. Google it, but not now, later. He is the radiance of his glory. Do you believe that we are the radiance of him? Let's stand together. The sun is dazzling. And he is the dazzling outward shining radiance of God's splendor. The exact representation, the exact expression of God Almighty's true nature. And he holds the ever expanding universe together by the mighty power of his word. And he accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sin and then took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. His high praise is for the highest name, the one of the highest fame, the one who wears the most brilliant crown, the one of eternal renown, the chief cornerstone, the fountain of the living God, the way, the truth, uh, the life, the only path to the Father. He is salvation. He is healing. He is deliverance. He is revelation. He is revival. He is renewal. He is transformation. He is reformation. And it's all summed up in this. The name is Jesus. No other name. No other name. No other way. No other path. No other God that we can put in our pocket There is nothing higher than you, King Jesus. What we need is a fresh vision of your cross, Jesus. That your mighty, all-embracing love Be no longer a fitful, unwavering influence in our lives, but be the ruling passion, the ruling passion, Sunday through Saturday, 24-7, the ruling passion of our souls. Let Let it come. Let it come. Let it come. Holy. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for each one here, God, that you would bring to us a fresh revelation of the cross. That you would tie us with an eternal cord that cannot be broken to the heart, the whirling, twirling, swirling heart of the Father for us. That we would come to the place that we would trust in you, and lean not on our own understanding. You haven't asked us to give up understanding. You've just asked us to lean into you. And in you, understanding comes. In the space of spirit, The capacity to receive from heaven wisdom is the capacity to receive from heaven, to receive and dispense. Come, King of Glory. Come, King of Glory. Have your glory in this. On this day, one, two, two, two. Release a fresh revelation of the power of the cross. Andarò a sé, andrò co' chi li di sé ti andrò su Così di andrò chi andar sé Encumbered no more. Bound no more. But unfettered, free, radical. Jesus-loving, cross-adoring, spirit-hovering people. Fire-burning, anointing-pouring oil dripping from our feet everywhere that we go. It's kingdom, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God, give us a fresh revelation of the cross that we would no longer live in lack, but out of the abundance of your heart and the overflow of your spirit, God, we would we receive right now from you as your glory comes, as your glory falls as honey, amber, columns of glory flowing from your throne God as the bowls of incense are tipped over this region with the prayers of the generations past and present God for such a time as this God Lord you knew what we would face in this storm in the midst of the season but you said fear not I have overcome the world and so I don't lean back, I don't shrink back into my own understanding but I lean in to the heart, to the essence, to the presence, to the feet of Jesus. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news. The one who has the name that is above all names. The one who has a name that only he knows. Because if that name were to be uttered in our atmosphere, I think we might melt like wax. Because in his name is power. Inherently in his name there is power. The names of men carry reputation. But the name of my God carries power every curve of every letter it's flowing and coursing with the power of creation and the goodness of God unfurling upon this nation even in the midst of darkness when darkness rises up he raises a standard against the enemy and he says arise and shine for your light has come your light has come so it's time to rise it's time to shine it's time to take that which he's put in you and let it out. It's time to put on garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness not coming under the voice of the spirit of this age but releasing the voice of the spirit who rules over the spirit of this age. His name is Jesus. His name is the spirit who is holy. Ruach HaKodesh, the breath of God. He was all there in the beginning and he is here with us now and he is above every circumstance of life god we need a fresh revelation of the cross no longer wavering god no longer timid no longer shrinking back you've not given us a spirit of fear or timidity but of love a power discipline sound mind God you your word says that we come boldly before the throne of grace we don't leak into your presence we march in like kids into their parents bedroom on Christmas morning it's time to get up it's time to get up I know you've got something for me I know you've got presents for me it's time to get up it's time to to move. Oh God, we come boldly before your throne of grace today because we've been bought with a price, God. We've been called according to your purpose. We've been grafted in. We've been given the spirit of adoption. So we cry, Abba, Father, here am I. Send. 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 Send." I'm not going to do anything formal. But what I am gonna say is that we gotta be first responders. You've got to respond to the word of the Lord. And if you don't do it here, you're not gonna do it out there. So I don't care what you do, you just can't stay where you are. So, if you got to kneel down, if you got to come forward, you got to step into an aisle, you need to go to the back, you got to do something. Right now. That's if you want a fresh revelation of the cross. I ain't forcing anybody to do anything. But I'm saying if you recognize this as the word of the Lord, you got to respond. those people within your sphere of influence, your workplace, in your schools, in this land, on your street, they need what He's put inside of you. If you don't respond here, you're not going to respond out there. Spirit of Revelation, come. God, we repent. We turn from our way. We turn toward your way, God. Lord, would you cleanse our, our, our eye gates, God. Would you cleanse our ears. Would you cleanse the realm of our soul? And I say that we take our soul and we put it under the dominion of the Spirit right now. Would you come and give us that that Holy Spirit chiropractic adjustment to our beings, God? That we would be in alignment with the King and His kingdom. God, would you take the radical essence and atmosphere of your throne room right now and would you unfurl it in our bellies right now, God, so that we can't hold it back. We can't hold back rivers of living water anymore. The dams of our soul can't hold back this torrent of the goodness of God that is flowing to us because you designed it to flow through us, O oh God. Fire and glory and power and anointing. Fire and glory and power and anointing. God, shatter our ways of thinking with your love. Shatter our ways of operation with your love, O oh God so let your anointing come Lord oil from the top of our heads down through the bottom of our feet you have anchored us you have placed our feet on this ground for such a time as this increase now your anointing increase now your revelation increase now your anointing increase now your your revelation let it come let it come from the oldest to the youngest, O oh God, In the very corner of this building, O oh God, anointing the oil of anointing. that revelation comes the fresh revelation of the cross how desperate are you for him how desperate are you for him would you say of him I gotta have more of you I gotta have more of you God I see where I've lacked see where I've stopped you from flowing through me God and I've got to have more of you I don't want to be like a fish out of water but I want to flow down the river we must obey the spirit I know what he wants to do I know what you want to do God I've got to have more of you What's the cry of your heart today? Begin to release it. What's the cry of your heart today? Don't be timid. Don't be shy. What's the cry of your heart today? Step out of the old school sensibilities of of old school Christianity, churchdom, and step into the throne room where 24 elders cast their crowns upon the feet of Jesus What's the cry of your heart? What are you desperate for? What are you
0: hungry for?
1: You've got gifts this morning, God. I want to unwrap them. I'm desperate for you. I'm hungry for you, God. got to stay in it. What's the cry of your heart? Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't give in. Those distracting thoughts, take every thought and make it captive and obedient to Christ. We must obey the Spirit. God, I bind every distracting spirit in this room right now. I bind every distracting spirit within the sound of my voice, even in the live stream. God, Lord, wherever and whenever people are hearing this, God, I bind that thing. Lord, and I release the truth of your word, the truth of your spirit, oh God. Oh, power and anointing, come. Spirit of revelation, come. Come. God unlock the longing of our spirit and let it spill out through our soul and up out of our belly and through our mouth into the atmosphere until there's a region here in New England that is crying out desperate for God, desperate for Jesus to step upon this land in such a way that the ground shakes with the truth and the power of the gospel of the kingdom. Let it come through us. Let it come through me, let it come through me, let it come through me, let it come through me. God, I've seen it. God, I've experienced it. God, I've been there. God, awaken again the atmosphere of heaven in me. I must have more of you. Nothing compares to this. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere let the tears flow God let the longing flow God let the lament come God but let your joy be our strength God it's all in you it's all in you it's all in you I believe, God, help my unbelief. The sweetest prayer in Scripture, God, I believe, help my unbelief. God, I thank you that faith does not deny what we lack in a moment, but I, it identifies it and understands that you are the fulfillment of that which we lack. Jesus, we stay. We're just going to stay in it, stay in it. There's nothing more important than this.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from the Bridge Metro West in Natick, Massachusetts. Paul David Gidgery is the senior pastor at the Bridge. For more information about the Bridge Metro West family, our gatherings and events, visit www.bridgemetrowest.com or call us at 508-651-0277.